What's up guys, my name's Sean and I'm the host of the NET Talks podcast and today we have a representative from async.art, his name is Achilles and he's going to talk about everything to do with dynamic NFTs and what async.art are doing. So these NFTs are forever changing, uh, they have a master NFT and they have layers and you change the layers and it changes the master NFT. It's really interesting, it's really exciting and it's going to open a lot more doors to what artists or creators can do with nfts and and what kind of things you can collect so if this something sounds interesting to yourself make sure you stay tuned and at least help build this community Another great guest, as usual, uh, bringing on a great guest to talk about great projects. And this guy is called Achilles, and he's from Async Art, which we're going to get into the real in-depth of how this actually works. But how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm not too bad, man. I mean, um, happy to have you on. I know we connected. Not many people are connected to face-to-face, so it was nice to actually meet somebody first and then actually do something on Zoom. So um, we, we connected at the, the event uh, at Digital Natives in Manchester. That's so that, a great event. It was really, it was really fun. Really yeah, how did you find that? I thought it was amazing. I mean, it was my first sort of um, in-person event for a long time, and it was my first in-person NFT event ever. <laughs> so it was very odd to see and talk about all these things that we usually do online uh, yeah. in the real world. Very interesting and great fun. Yeah, I know it's, it's exciting times, man. Like obviously with NFTs, but like you say, it's always good to connect to people and actually meet people and have have conversations and. In the UK, especially, um, we can see that it's starting to grow and people starting to, to get, get that interest. And I can feel there's a real buzz around the NFT space. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the UK is one of the, um, you know, most, most well, not, I wouldn't say popular, but it, it seems like it's, it's really taking off. And a lot of great artists are, are from the UK. A lot of great crypto artists are from here as well, which is really nice. Yeah. So before we get into async art, uh, let's talk about a bit about yourself, background-wise. So, I mean, when did you actually first... I would like to ask people, and I think it's so important to ask about, when did you actually first hear about NFTs? Or when did the penny drop, I like to call it? It's like, oh, I understand what's going on here. So I think the first time I heard the term, uh, non-fungible token, was back in July 2020. Okay. Uh, probably mm-hmm. a bit late. I had come across CryptoKitties before, and I had also come across CryptoPunks, but I didn't entirely understand what was going on there. <laughs> So I went, I, I went in from the DeFi, like that's how I started getting to crypto, uh, DeFi and Ethereum, and then understanding what tokens are and how they work. And I was like, okay, this ones are unique. Okay, what's the point in that? Well, I guess you can attach images to it. So I'd say, yeah, it was around there. Uh, and my first experience, I think, was probably meme. Okay. Meme. Yeah, that was yeah. a fun one where you could mint, like you stake it and you mint, you mint uh, memes. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Cool. I mean, I mean, I think a lot. You say like it's pretty late, but I think a lot for a lot of people in the space now, that's when they actually actually took notice. That's why I would say when the penny dropped because you may have heard about crypto punks, you may have heard about crypto kitties, but nobody was paying attention. Like, mm. <laughs> so um, I think that that's where we really picked picked up the buzz and everyone got involved. Um, but I'm really interested to speak about obviously you guys, uh, acing art, what you're doing because. It's dynamic NFTs, which I think is, and you're you're primarily focused on that, which I don't think that I haven't seen any uh, organization or company actually just primarily focus on that. So I'd love to hear about how that works and educate obviously the audience about that. So uh, if you can give us a bit of introduction to 
what you guys do. And then we can go into obviously the masters and the layers and how that works. Sure, sure. So, so async art was founded in uh, February 2020, which which is not that long ago, but feels like ages ago in the, <laughs> the space, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and the found the, the the basic idea behind it is programmable art, uh, which means art that changes, um, either over time, or with audience direction, right? So either you have um, certain data affecting the way the art looks and or or sounds like or you have um the owners of other nfts interacting with it and changing the master right so mm -hmm. it's, it's about we call it programmable art you can call it dynamic art as well um or you know ever-changing art but that's that's the idea and that's like that's what we specialize in yeah and i, I don't think i mean is this ever been done before i mean before nfts was this the thing before i mean i've never really thought about it. i've never seen anything like it until nfts so yeah, I mean, you, you have sort of like, um, you know, I guess in the contemporary art world, for example, you have certain interactive pieces in galleries, right? That would be one one of the things I, I would think. You have a certain experiments done by musicians where there is audience interaction that affects the way something sounds. But I think what NFTs bring to the table that was impossible before is that these things have a sort of autonomy, right? It's mm -hmm. not like no one's checking them or, or changing them manually as in, you know, we don't have to go as the like is, is the async platform and affect something and, and you know make it different or whatever it, it does it so by itself yeah right so it's, it's really autonomous art i think is is the is the the thing that i think um has really been the major paradigm shift that has allowed us to do this with nfts yeah so you've just to, to cover it you've got two two angles you've got from the the artist perspective and then you've got the collector's perspective so the artist will produce a piece of work which will give a collector um, exclusive um, right, we say rights and would you got to to change things within yeah. a piece of art well that might be the background or the scale or rotation or, or different things like that right and then yeah. so, so is that right so that and then that's yeah. done with layers is that right yeah 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 so so one one of the things we're working because there's also um, we work on uh, dynamic art which doesn't involve audience direction which we can talk about later yeah. but on that on that end on the layer then yeah essentially as, as an artist, you can create an art piece with many different components, right? So it could be, um, you know, if it's a portrait, it could be parts of the face, or if it's like a landscape, for example, just very mm -hmm. simple examples, it could be like the trees or, or the background of the sky. And then from a predetermined set of states that the artist picks, like they say, okay, so you have, you know, this nose, this nose, this nose, and this nose, then you offer the, a collector the ability to change and pick which one of these are live at any given moment, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's that's the idea. Is that the artist creates many different possibilities for an art piece, and then the collectors collectively choose um, what is currently live at any given moment and what the actual art piece looks like. Yeah. So it's like it's almost like live art, as it lives on and it keeps changing all the time. So if you own the master, uh, and then there's let's say there's twenty layers that other individuals own, and they can change and put their contribution towards the art, the, the master changes. When, whenever they whenever it gets whenever it, the other the other parts change that right that's right yeah, yeah so the master itself changes based on what the collectors of the layers do so you could have you know you could own a piece that say in 50 years for example yeah someone could just change it suddenly uh, <laughs> because they're on a layer or or yeah. you know maybe, maybe in every few minutes it does it depends on the on what kind of the artwork is and what the back and the context is it has that possibility of changing over time so what kind of person would buy this as a collector um i mean is it are you meant to buy multiple layers? Are you meant to just buy one? Or you just meant, or if who who who's this attracting? So I think um, 
it's attracting those who, you know, really see the blockchain as a medium, right? I really, that, that's the main thing I think about. So, you know, if you're a collector, for example, and you're interested in not just owning passively a piece, but actively, actively interacting with it mm -hmm. uh, in a way that goes above and beyond just, you know, owning it or, or looking at it, then you might be missing on a layer because that means that you can leave your imprint forever on, on a piece of art. For example, some of the, of the ones that have been on a platform that are now historic, right? Like Xcopy has done two amazing pieces, for example, mm -hmm. uh, which are now sort of like, you know, crypto art staples. If you own a layer of that, then, you know, if this ever gets um, shown in a gallery, for example, uh, right? Or, or in some big installation somewhere, and you have the layer, you can actively change the experience of all the audience that's in the gallery at any given point. So it gives you that sort of like, you know, real time ability to um, change the context around you, right? Which I think yeah. is kind of beautiful in a way and, and very, very interesting. You can imagine being in a museum, for example, right? In 50 years, when of, once, some of these art pieces are now considered classics, you go there with your phone and you log on your MetaMask, you're like, look, and it just changes for everyone. In the museum. <laughs> yeah. So what the burning question is, how does that work? I think, I think it's like, okay, then so I own a layer. Um, is, do we have to do, have you got a platform that we change it on or do I have to have a certain type of skill in order to change it or coding or whatnot? So. So, so the front end is completely user friendly, right? So okay. there's, I guess there's two aspects, right? So the one, the front end, which is on the async gallery. So if you have a layer, you go to the, to the platform, you go to async.art, um, you go to your wallet and you say, okay, make layer change, right? And then you pick which one of the layers that you own you want to change and which that you want to change it to. Uh, so it's a very, very user friendly, requires no coding skill whatsoever. Mm -hmm. On the back end, of course, what's really going on is it's a transaction on, on the Ethereum blockchain that when, when it gets, when it gets broadcasted, um, the, the layer token affects what uh, asset the master token is pointing to. Okay. Right? And then the renderer in real time, when the, when the block's confirmed, re-renders a new image based on the current instructions given to it by the master layer. Mm -hmm. And then, so essentially you have a set of instructions on chain and a master token that is pointing to different decentral, decentral, decentrally hosted, decentralizedly, I don't know what the, what the <laughs> adjective is. Um, yeah files that then that then get rendered um, on a renderer. And then so that there you go, you, you have the new image and that's the objective truthful state of the master as as um, as instructed by the blockchain, essentially. Okay, so all these images, are they like IPFS? They're IPFS currently, yeah. Okay, so they're there. And um, so each each time you change something, you, like you said, it's a transaction. So that means I'm paying a gas fee each time I change? Yeah, yeah, there's currently gas fees involved. Of course, I mean, as you know, they fluctuate, but currently I'd say it's about 10, 15 bucks for a layer change. Or so. Okay, okay, it's reasonable. So it, in order to make that change, you have to pay a fee, but that, that would be it, just just normal, just a general gas fee. Yeah, and of course, we're looking to, you know, as, as we scale, as NFT scale, we're looking to make that as, as cheap as possible because we don't want yeah. that to be a barrier to their activity. Yeah, okay, so... um. Let's talk a bit, a little bit technical as one well, because I just what I want to know is okay. So these are ERC seven twenty ones. Now, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, is that that each one is unique in its own right. That's so right. how do so you know the layers are they also ERC seven twenty ones? Yeah, yeah. So how how does it interact then? Because I think once is it once a token is unique, how can it be changed? So essentially, uh, you're not. Chain, you're not writing on top of of, of 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 the token on the blockchain, but you're instructing the renderer where the token is pointing to from a different set of states, right? So think about it as like maybe the master token is like you know the center, and then you have the various layers around it, and then the renderer uh, is looking at this as a set of artwork, 
-hmm. and if, if there's a change um, in, in the pointing, which is heterodox, that, that that's allowed, then the pointing is, you know, then the renderer reads that, okay, there was a change here. So, you know, we're, we're trying to essentially, I mean, of course, this gets very technical and there's, yeah. you know, code, I, I'm not a coder either, right? So there's there's a, a sense in which I'm not entirely sure exactly how it works. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the basis of it essentially is that with the layer and the master and the renderer as a trifecta, you have the ability to have immutability um, while also having the ability to change things around. Okay, so it's almost like, to my understanding of what you just said is on a very basic level is, okay, then the master has all these possibilities built within mm -hmm. already. And these layers are almost like an instruction saying, now we want you to show this instead of showing that. That's correct, yeah. And, they, and that's how they speak to each other. And that's, that's it. Correct. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. So that, that's the art um, aspect of it. What Let's talk about it as an artist. What would give, as an artist, why would I want to create a piece like this and once again what do i need to know in order to create a piece like this do i do i, do I need to have a certain skill or, or was, is this something that the platform also offers so that's the other thing that we're, we're trying to be essentially extremely artist friendly is the idea right we want yeah. people to be able to make these things without knowing anything about coding so you don't need any skills to be able to do it we have a yeah. called the canvas tool which is you just upload essentially the states uh, of the different layers is like you know uh, pngs uh, and then, you know, once you've arranged everything on Photoshop and you're like, okay, so this is the one, this is the other state, this is the state. If they layer correctly, you upload them and you're done. We do everything else on the back end. Um, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And then, so who would be interested in this? What we're seeing now is all sorts of applications of this, right? So, of course, the very obvious application is, you know, art that's in some way um, subject to it, it, it being more interesting if it changes, right? So a few pieces we have, for example, you know, our Genesis piece called The First Supper is a collaboration between many different artists, um, X Copy, Colby, uh, Josie Bellini, a lot of money I think is there, uh, Trevor Jones, they all have like an, a character in a, a dining table, right? And yeah. also various uh, backgrounds and, and like, you know, uh, chandeliers and floors. Uh, and so each, each of the artists has one uh, character allotted to them and they make different states. So there, you know, if you're an artist, this is a way to collaborate, but also to collaborate in a way that, you know, shows more than one angle to what you can do, for example. Yeah. Another thing we've seen recently is essentially gamified experiences, right? So ways that collectors can interact with each other. There's a couple of pieces, for example, recently, um, one of them is a blank page uh, and there's different letters. And if you own one of these, then you can change what letter it shows there. And the page is like essentially a hundred people trying to write right? <laughs> uh, on the blockchain. So yeah. as you can be you can be a game designer to make these things as well, like a game designer of like you know visual games essentially, um, you know all sorts of things like that. We have on the autonomous front, which I didn't talk about earlier, which is art yeah. that changes, you know, based on data feeds, for example. We have a few pieces that change based on the Bitcoin price, right? So we have a a piece that shows volatility, volume, price as a visual exploration as an art piece in itself. So every time you know every date updates based on the Bitcoin price in a centralized manner. Uh, same with uh, you know a piece called Eth Boy, which is Vitalik, sort of mm -hmm. like 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 Picasso in a Picasso manner, and it changes based on the price of Ethereum, or pieces change every hour of the day, right? So I guess as an artist, you can be like, well, I want something that is like reflecting of the time outside, right? Maybe maybe you're interested in, in having uh, you know a character that that grows over a day or over or over the span of a year. Um, so it allows for you to when you create an art piece, not to just create a static thing that stays there forever. But to think about uh, the potentiality and the spectrum of all the possible different ways something could develop, I think that gives, for me as, as a musician and for many of my friends who who are artists, I think the idea that you can create something that you know 
is moves is alive in a way really mm. opens up a lot of creative doors yeah, I mean, you touched on there, like I know your background's producing wise and the music side of it, that's something I can really see working with because, um, I mean, from what there's in music, when you're building a track, there's lots of different parts to that track. Uh, and if you, if you, so the production side of it, you can get real creative. So um, tell me a bit about that side because I know obviously you do uh, the music side too. Yeah, so the music side is something we started off um, in March and I think we, we launched in April, May. So yeah. it's very new. It's a few months old. Again, in crypto time, not that, not <laughs> that old. It's a few, a few years old. A few years old. <laughs> uh, so it's exactly the same system as, as the visual arts, right? So you have uh, layers that correspond to different instruments, perhaps, or different audio tracks, right? So you can say, you know, the drums, for example, and mm. then the vocals, and then the electric guitar, and then the, the keyboard, right? So you have all these different layers, which we call stems, uh, which is a music, music production term. And each of these stem, stems has the possibility of having uh, many different states, right? So, okay, let's take the drum stem, for example. You can have acoustic drums or electronic drums or a breakbeat or, you know, uh, maybe jazz drums or no drums, right? It can, yeah, yeah, yeah. can be acoustic. That's the stem. And then you have, uh, you know, as many as you'd like. Like maybe say you have four of these. Same with the vocals, right? Different vocalists, different lyrics, for example, uh, different uh, pianos, and then maybe, maybe a, you know, a ukulele playing a piano line, whatever. And you stack all this together uh, and you end up with, an async music piece, right? So different stems, but correspond to different instruments with different states for each, for each instrument. So you can imagine, for example, you know, if the drum stem has three different possibilities and the guitar has three different possibilities and the vocals have three different possibilities, that's three times three times three, you know, that's uh, 20, 18 plus, uh, wait, three times four, nine, 18, 27 different possible songs, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they all work with each other, right? So maybe drums one, with uh, vocals three, with guitar two, they, they make yeah, a different song, right? So it's like different permutations that are possible from this uh, primitive stems that, that we put out there. And that's what async music is. At any given point, as we said earlier, only one of these songs is currently playing, and that is chosen by the individual stem collectors. So if I have the drums, I choose acoustic drums, you choose male vocals, and like someone in, you know, uh, Japan chooses like guitar three, then mm. that's the song that's currently live. How do you hear it though? Because I mean, another thing, how do you see, how do you hear it? Because if you only own a layer and somebody owns, somebody that owns the masters, the master part, how do you actually see or hear the changes that you've made? Does it, can you get access to that? You can literally just track down whether who owns it in their wallet and look at it. Is that how yeah, it works? So, so, so one of the ways to track the changes is of course, we have an activity feed uh, mm -hmm. on the website, right? So you can see who made changes. It's all, also on chain. So if you go to, you know, if, if you're a bit more technical and you go yeah. to the token ID, on Etherscan, you can see what changes have been made recently. And okay. then, of course, on the website, um, and we're trying to make more off-ramps, right? More ways for people to be able to listen to, to, to these songs. You yeah. go to, to the Async Music Gallery, and you press on a song, you can see what its current state is, what its stem mix is, who owns each, each stem. And then if you check like tomorrow or in a week, maybe now it's different, and you can see what changes mm -hmm. were made. Okay, so another, th another thing, I don't know if you guys already look into it already. So let's say that, okay, somebody owns, I own the master, and somebody obviously the combination has been changed and i'm thought i love this track but this might change tomorrow so is there a possibility for me to mint that track as it is for it to stay as it is for me to keep great so that's an amazing question because it leads <laughs> me to the third part of music which okay is did you know that we have this already or did you think no i didn't know i literally just okay, that's so i didn't know that so that wasn't that wasn't set up with like that. I literally just great, wondered great, if you great. could do that. That's cool. It means it makes sense. So we have yeah. uh, this extra, this third NFT, right? So you have yeah. the master, the layers, 
and the limited editions. So the limited editions are, you know, a limited number of records. We call them mm -hmm. blank records. So we have 2,000 silver ones, usually 10 gold ones, three platinum ones. Mm -hmm. uh, the main difference is aesthetics and scarcity. Think of them as a vinyl printer, right? So yeah. if you own one of these things, you can go to the song and mint the current state of the song as an ear seven to one that you keep forever in your wallet. Yeah, yeah. It has like metadata on like who owns it, what the block height was minted at, who owns it, the current state. And then you have the MP3 there that you can download, for example, you know, or show off in any way that you want on, on various, various different galleries. So yeah. that's the way to capture the currency of the song. If you really like it, for example, if it's a rare one, right? Maybe there was a change that wasn't made in a long time and then, then it's going to change back again, for example. You can go quickly, record it. Now it's yours and you keep it. And uh, we call it a, snap, a snapshot in time, right? It's like, mm -hmm. a, slap, like a, taking a picture of the history of the song as it continues evolving. You're like, okay, I like this one. I grab it and now it's mine. Now, I, I love that, man. Because the reason why I think that is so cool, because let's say that it is, we stay on the music aspect, but it also works with the art. Let's say that you had potentially just had three famous producers that had bought these layers at that time that had just kind of contributed toward this track. And, and then they sell it on. But mm -hmm. that moment will be worth a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There. Yeah, so, yeah. so, and same for the artists that when they collaborate, if two, uh, four artists collaborate at the same time and they've contributed towards it and you can see it and you can prove it, like, I just think that's going to be amazing. That's right. So what we've seen recently, for example, is, um, you know, when the piece is minted before it goes on sale, obviously the owner of each of the layers and the master is the artist, right? Yeah. So we've seen a lot of people who mint this, this, these records right in the beginning of the auction before everything is sold. And these are kind of rare now because they have the artist's name as the owner of the layer, right? It's like the original state of the song. Okay. Uh, so we've seen that like maybe this go for, for more or they're more like, you know, they're, they're like sentimentally are more valuable. So there's this like aspect of gamification and rarity there, right? Like all these different components that affect uh, implicitly at least the rarity of a piece or, or the importance it could have, which is who, who owns it at any given point. Okay. Uh, so that's, 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 yeah, that's exactly what. what yeah. What, and I can see this working obviously for fashion. Which is going to be yeah, like same same thing applies is controlling what color the sleeves are to the type of stitching to the type of neck, you know what I mean to the type of material. Like, is this something you guys are looking into now, or something you're going to think about in the future? Uh, it, well, it's something that we definitely have seen as as a possibility. Of course, I mean we we have so many things in the in the works right now that it's not top priority. Yeah. But I personally think that digital fashion and programmability go so well together, right? This digital fashion opens up. Um, all these different avenues that we have never been able to even consider in the past. Mm. And one of them, I think, is programmability, right? So you can think of like some sort of amazing or, or, or super, you know, rare or, or, or well you know, tailored, so to speak, digital item that is collaborative or is able to be changed by, by the owner, right? Maybe different I don't know, fashion houses own the layer, for example, and they are able to contribute to this, to this amazing suit or this amazing dress. Um, yeah. I think that would be that's going to be amazing, man. I think that's another thing that leads me on to. It's got me thinking about okay, then so and you've probably been asked this question already. Is okay then based on like for example, you know NFT, you seen loot, what loot have done. So they've kind of got worked everything backwards. Now obviously you guys are working with here's the options. This is what you can work with. You can change it, but can people buy a layer and then contribute what they want to contribute and add what they want to add with their own skills and then it changes. I mean, I know it gets a bit technical. But I mean, is this going to be something that's going to be possible? Because I think I that's, think that's really exciting. extremely exciting. It's yeah. something actually I was just I just had a meeting that we're kind of like talking about this with, with a musician. Um, of course, we don't have the ability technically to do this right now, right? Because yeah. of the way that things are hosted and the way things happen on chain. But, you know, if this happens eventually, I think this would be amazing, like a really real time collaboration between different musicians, um, mm. which where you can add things 
you know, and, and like play around in that way, or it's individual arts. Again, this is not something we're currently in, in the works or in the pipeline, but in the longer term, if we're able to sort of like sort the technical issues around that, that will be, I think, mind blowing. Uh, mm. Really, really cool. Yeah. yeah, and it was and it was solve a lot of problems, didn't it? I mean, you you so you've got a background in music, mm -hmm. so when people are making music together, and when it comes to like royalties and who owns what, like I, that just makes sense to me. Like if you make a beat, you you haven't got to worry with you're gonna get your royalties when it, when the, obviously the song's sold. So just adding your different attributes to uh, the, the song, I think that's going to be the future, and that's why I think NFTs are really going to disrupt music. For sure, transparent royalties and like transparent distribution of profits as well immediately after. It's yeah, so cool. Like a couple of points on this. The first is we currently have a collaborator tool essentially where you can go and as as like the creators, if you like five of you who collaborate on a music piece, you can each add the percentage of royalties or the percentage of like ownership of each layer, right? And then it okay. automatically, as we know, smart contracts automatically distribute profits. And as a point, you know, when I minted my first, I started donating as a musician uh, on the Genesis Wave, minting my first piece with my band then. And I remember, you know, the moment that the first sale happened of, of a blank record, seeing my Ether uh, balance update in real time was like yeah, crazy. a year and a half or two years, two yeah. years for the royalties to, to be deposited in the bank account from, from the traditional publishing mm -hmm. uh, recording uh, labels, right? And this was happening in 30 seconds. I was like, well, this is, for me, it was like completely mind blowing, right? Yeah. Of, of course, it's like the standard, you know, in 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 uh, the crypto world. So that was really cool. I think it's an extremely powerful tool for musicians. And it's trust. trust you can see because you can see everything that's going on. It's more it's more transparent, as you would, as you would say in it. Like whereas, like you said, if something takes two years, how do you know whether that's the right amount you're even being paid or or yeah. so on? Really, how can you track it down? Really? Yeah, yeah. There's so many cases of like <laughs> friends of mine who have been essentially screwed over by the labels where they were just. 200,000 was just missing. No one knows where it went. <laughs> just and it only happens if you do an audit, you know, you bring like an audit, an auditor in and like a whole legal team and they, they, they get tons of money as well. And that's the only way, again, two years later. So it's all, you know, it's all a big mess in, in the traditional musical world. And this transparency of the blockchain solves so many issues, I think. Mm. Okay, so you, you mentioned that, obviously, you, you, you built this on the Ethereum blockchain, yeah? Yeah. So what about interoperability in regards to the royalties? Because I know that's a problem too also. Um, okay, you guys have agreed to royalties, but if it gets sold, it, that means it only can be sold on the Ethereum blockchain. Can it be transferred or, or could it be sold in any other marketplace? Do you understand, do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so um, in terms of, well, of course, the, 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 you know, the royalty contract, the way it works is uh, secondary sales, the artist gets a percentage and the platform gets a very, very small percentage as well, but the artist gets the majority of the percentage uh, on secondary sales. So currently, uh, when you sell on async, the royalty mm -hmm. is built in. Uh, of course, with OpenSea, there's been some issues with us and other platforms I've seen where it's it's hard to, because we lack a royalty standard right now, yeah. it's really hard to make sure that the OpenSea contract respects the royalty breakdown. Yes. Uh, yeah. But we're currently working on that, right? So there's, you know, non-origin. If you we were there, yeah. the talk, yeah, yeah, we were talking yeah. about triple lock royalties and the new, uh, I think, ERC-2981. I don't remember the exact. Yeah, I think Jane was talking about that, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah so yeah. we're going to... This is something we're thinking about, like how okay. do we solve the open seat problem uh, mm -hmm. or, or the, the other marketplace royalty respecting issue. But I really do think in the next few months, this will be ironed out because it's there's so much pressure uh, yeah. on platforms and by, by like we really want, you know, the artists to get the royalty on, 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 on secondary markets. So mm -hmm. I think that that will be something that's going to be solved. Mm -hmm. In terms of other um, chains, right? I mean, of course, I think that, uh, I think with Solana right now, there is there is a, a bridge that allows- um, Wormhole. Wormhole, wormhole. Yeah. Worm, worm, yeah, wormhole bridge. 
Yeah. yeah. So I, I I don't actually I haven't looked into how royalties work there. I would presume it would be hard to translate it um, mm. for a different chain. But again, I think that even there, this is something that we definitely be looking into. And I think because of the ethos of of the of the industry, well, of, of the community as well, um, it will be something that will I'm sure will will be taken care of because I don't think that, that for me, I mean, I, I I started doing this because I'm seeing how much better this is for artists and one yeah. of these things is the idea of royalties uh, being transparent and, and forever there so you know uh, the 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 open the, the on ethereum um, on ethereum royalties issue we're, we're, we're working on and solving mm -hmm. cross chain i don't know yet you know we haven't had any nfts to my knowledge go to a different chain but once that starts happening more more, more and more we're definitely going to be looking into that as well yeah i think that's a thing with, with i mean i asked the question but i understand like we said we're at the early stages um things have to be addressed all, all in, in good time and, and i think this is something that's going to have to be addressed because nfts they attract a lot of creators based on the royalty aspect but then we also we don't want it we don't want it to be centralized and saying you only can use this and this platform and sell it on this platform in order to receive the royalties otherwise that kind of defeats the object doesn't it mm -hmm. so um mm -hmm. like i said i think obviously there's different things coming out like obviously the wormhole um and there's going to be other options but um yeah i think it's something that is definitely needed <laughs> and i think it's going to come very it'll come very soon for sure all right and so um you guys are you looking to put on it i mean how are you getting yourself i mean because i didn't really this is one thing also i speak to a lot of people in the us and it's kind of hard to determine which companies are in the us because you yeah. assume everyone's in the us <laughs> and what guy what guys are out there in the uk and, I, and like i said I went, when i went to the event in manchester no origin event uh, i met so many great uh, organizations creatives and they're all based in the uk um so like yeah how, how are you guys getting yourself out there are you because you're based in london right yeah no we're, we're based in the us actually are you based in the oh gosh yeah i'm not <laughs> I, I work i work from here but the, all right all the, the right san francisco based yeah so so it's more about i'm here trying to get ourselves out here right okay <laughs> you're trying to get out here okay so there you go that's a perfect example yeah a lot of companies are just based in the us um but there's not many in the uk um so it's good to see that even though you're based in the us you're trying to get out here and and, and build over here too also so people it's get great access because, to because we all work remotely right so we have people all over the world i mean i i split my time in london and greece we mm -hmm. have people who live in you know uh from 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 bosnia to 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 ghana right we have all sorts of different people living in all sorts of different countries which is great i think um uh it's it's a truly remote um, workplace and company and it hasn't mm. been a in any way a barrier to us moving forward and and, and helping uh, to create a sort of like a really really powerful platform so okay. that's cool okay so are you planning to, you guys plan to work with any big musicians in order to like obviously get draw a lot of attention to the platform and you got an interest there yeah i mean that's you know i can't reveal much but that's <laughs> in the pipeline we already have had a few really amazing musicians on the platform so on our genesis piece rac did a uh, did a piece that was really really cool. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Mike Shinoda did a piece recently as well with us. Mm -hmm. um, we've had Richie Houghton, who's a really great electronic musician. You know, uh, a, a few which we just did. We just launched this week uh, a mm -hmm. piece with the Viennese Symphony Orchestra and other yeah. orchestra, some of the best yeah musicians, classical musicians in the world. We have a lot of interest right now, and you know, again, this is a it's in a very early stage of the platform, so it's currently invite only. Like I'm trying to curate, you know, like yeah. an, uh, maybe music launch every month or so, um, just to show everyone what the platform can do and where it can go and the diversity behind it. But of course, soon we're, we want to scale up 
and there's a lot of there's a lot of projects in the pipeline that are really really exciting. Uh, what, what what's the response from these these artists and so on? Because I think not everybody's going to have a crypto background and understand what the blockchain is and whatnot. So how do you explain it? How what's the are they excited about what's going on? So uh, usually it depends. I mean, you know, when when I explain the word talk to, to musicians, I go about it in different ways based on their background, right? So yeah. for those who have no idea about about uh, crypto art or, or or blockchain technology, the way I usually go about it is say, look, this is a this is a song that um, can change over time, uh, you know, by uh, interactivity, for example. And they're like, okay, that's cool. They understand that because they're musicians, right? We, mm -hmm. we think in layers and stems anyway. So yeah. that's really cool. And then they're like, okay, but how is that different, say, from me doing it on my website, right? Where I can just put on my website a, a song and then you can go and click and change things. And I'm like, well, the difference is that these are autonomous uh, musical artworks and objects, right? That they no one's in control of, of them except for what the rules of the blockchain dictate that the, the controller is. So even if async goes bust, in 20 years, right, the render is going to be open source, and these things are still going to be changing. Um, even if you know, in 100 years, if we're all dead, and the musicians did as well, this thing is still going to be alive and changing. Like you cannot guarantee this in Web 2, right? It's yeah. And also, you can guarantee ownership of digital assets in Web 2 as well. So I guess I introduce the crypto stuff more as a answer to the question of like, why is this interesting, and why can I not do this outside of crypto? And I think you cannot do this outside of crypto properly. In, in the way that really makes this a meaningful, um, makes the sort of like aliveness of the piece meaningful and not just a gimmick, right? That's the, the mm -hmm. big thing for me is that um, these things being ever evolving and alive in a decentralized um, system is a very real and meaningful ad attribute to the art that goes above and beyond just like interactivity in a web two setting, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, really, really autonomous and independent objects, artistic objects. Just happen to be digital. Okay, so how far do you think this can go then, Achilles? Man, like, if you just think about like the next ten years, obviously technology is going to get better as it does. Um, where can you see this? What kind of dynamic entities, industries can it go into? I mean, art is obviously the and music the the an easy introduction, but what do you think is can be disrupted completely? Um, yeah, that's that's a great question. I mean, so. I guess I can answer it in a few different ways. So firstly, I think 90% of the music industry, I've said this a few times, yeah. the music industry is going to be on-chain in the next five to 10 years because mm -hmm. it just makes sense, right? Yes. We already see, it hasn't happened yet, right? The music industry is very nascent in terms of its relation to blockchain, but it's so powerful, but I think there's no way that it's not going to completely take over. Um, so that's my music industry thesis. In terms yeah. of more generally, the, the idea of programmable and dynamic NFTs, I think we're at the phase now where we're just sort of like completing the first phase or the, you know, V0.0, uh, 0.1 of what NFTs are, right? Which is a very simple idea of like, okay, there is a way to link a um, ERC721 token to a digital file. That's the thing we're now, just now finished wrapping our heads around, right? And we're slowly seeing how that can evolve into something more. So if you remember, you know, for example, we went from Bitcoin to Ethereum or from Ethereum to DeFi, right? They were like conceptual leaps in terms of how we think about this thing. So the first was like, okay, you can have money that's digital and it's online. And mm -hmm. then you like you have a whole computer that's running in this way. And then you can have applications that are built on top of it. And, you know, so all this, so I think we're currently from the first one, the second one, which is what more can these things do than yeah. just be ownership representations, right? So for example, we see games are starting to launch, right? Or gamified experience like PAX recent, uh, you know, um, project, the Lost Poets one, which is essentially 
says, well, it's not just a JPEG, it's also about what the token can do and how it interacts with other tokens and with, so, and the same, I think with async, right? Async, I think represents um, the idea that the paradigm for NFTs is not just that of um, a ownership receipt or, you know, um, or, or just the relation between you and a JPEG, but mm -hmm. the relation between you, a token, different possibilities can have, how it can evolve. So I mm -hmm. think, you know, for dynamic NFTs, it can be anything that can be from music industry, visual arts, games, right? Gamified experiences. Um, text is something I'm really interested in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, books or collaborative papers, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. True. That's, that's the thing. I was thinking more along the uh, along the uh, lines of health sector. So like, or, or like even your passport, because I think if you've got a master's and, you, and you've got layers that change certain things like your date of birth and so on, then by all means, you can just have a master NFT that you own. And then obviously the layers can be changed. I'm not sure how it would work, who owns the layers, but I mean, yeah. I guess, but maybe you own the layers, but you have to get authorized by certain authorities to yeah, be able to yeah, change yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But then, For sure, I, I, yeah. Do you get what I mean? So that, I, I think yeah, that would yeah, definitely work. Yeah, and we're, I, I think, you know, in terms of like just NFTs above and beyond the arts, right? Like yeah. with now that we're slowly seeing the advent of like zero knowledge, um, you know, computation and proofs and, and, and snarks and the way that you can prove to other people certain things about yourself without revealing them anything else about yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to see, this is going to be so uh, amazing for like um, relationship with authorities without you having to reveal more things that they need to know, right? Like audits will just be, you give them your your your, your like proof and they see it and they're like, okay, you're, you're, you're telling us the truth, but we don't need to know like, for example, things that we wouldn't have to know otherwise. And this mm -hmm. can be, captured by NFTs. So this is very early, like, you know, zero knowledge NFTs are not here yet and they're still quite far away. But once this this part takes off, which is, you know, really highly uh, advanced cryptographic proofs with unique uh, with unique tokens, non-fungible tokens, we're gonna, we're talking about a whole new paradigm about relating with the world and with anyone else, right? Yeah. On any sort of level, from bureaucratic to artistic, to cultural, um, to financial, to the trading, yeah, you know, it's this. I I can't even imagine. I don't know, right? It's it's mm. so mind blowing to me, um, which is why I'm focusing on the music because my brain can handle just about handle the possibilities <laughs> there. Yeah, uh, yeah. And there's there's so much can happen, man. Like one thing when I remember when I first heard about uh, dynamic NFTs, um, and the thing the thing that come to my mind for some I just related to how would this work in sports? Now, obviously. I just go to football because that's the go-to thing in the, uh, soccer, as you would say in the US. Um, they say that obviously England, the football team, you could buy a picture uh, and it would be, I don't know, from some players on there and the picture could change as the players change. Mm. Or another thing is that if the England win the World Cup, then it opens up another utility to that NFT. Like that really, that's the kind of things that really excite me and seeing things that it's almost like Instead of putting a bet on, you're actually invested into something in something happening, and you've got something there that yeah. will give you the access if it does actually happen. Did you get what I mean? Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's something that you know we've thought about as well. Like with the autonomous ones, where yeah. all data can work, you can have a picture in your wall, right, in a mural, for example, which gets the information from the chain and renders it. And yeah, you, as you said, like if England won, won, you know, um, the World Cup, then you can suddenly have, uh, or the Euro, you know, yeah, which, the Euros, yeah, we, yeah, we didn't. <laughs> Uh, but you know, if that happened, you could have like suddenly a, a trophy appears, right? And it's like, yeah. 
you know, you're watching the TV, the penalty goes in, and instead of losing, England wins, yeah. and suddenly you look to your left and you see a trophy there, and it's yeah. like, how, you know, it's not not that it's not like that someone went and pressed the button. It's that like maybe a chain in Oracle said England won the World Cup, and automatically, right, mm -hmm. the picture changed, which is I think so cool. It's like almost yeah. like magic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we like ten years ago. This would have been magic, like this thing changing based on what happened in the world. But now we've built this, you know, back and there where the more data fields that get pulled on chain, um, and the more abilities we have to create, uh, you know, off off ramps to like ways of displaying these things, then it's all it looks like magic, you know. Yeah, so yeah, that's the world, and then your art changes. Do you think you can work with? Oh, could this is me just going far, mind wandering, but I'll ask. You work with portraits. So, I mean, I'm not sure how it would keep track of if you have a baby picture. I'm not sure how it would keep track of whether you take pictures every week or I don't know whether we, I don't know, maybe the, I'm not sure where it would get the image from, but do you think that could happen? Like a portrait could change over time of a child. Yeah. Or even if you've used, if they're 10 years old and you started the baby picture from then and you've, you put all these pictures in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have that, right? You could have maybe going backwards. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going backwards. Yeah, Benjamin Button. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> have like maybe you have an, an, a neural network or an AI sort of like projecting what you would look like. Ah, yeah. And then that's yeah. on your wall. And then you, you as you grow, you're like, do I look different on this? And you could see like the different yeah. possibilities. That could be really cool, right? <laughs> yeah, that'd be dope. I like, I like that. I like that concept. That's that's something I've. That's a, they're the kind of things that excite me. Like just something that. Yeah, just I've never seen before. I want to see things that I haven't seen before and things that relate to real. I mean, I, I like the fact that like, things that can relate to real life things and real life events. Mm. So I know we just use football as a basic thing, but I mean, there's a lot, there's so many things that are happening that people, whether it's, yeah, it's something to do with the government and, and the parliament or anything, like you can buy pictures and things change. Like, even like the queen, like people are into the royal family and the mm. queen get married and things over time, that changes like um or investing into a like you know like just going to the whole social token side of it mm -hmm. like investing into somebody from a young age whether that is sports or singer and then as they uh, get their achievements as they get older things change yes yeah on, yeah, on the yeah. picture and maybe the, the earlier you invested the more things would be in the picture right like yes yeah these early, early uh achievements wouldn't be in the things that were bought by people later for example yeah yeah, yeah there's so many i mean again like we're both sort of like you know <laughs> riffing off this and we're both coming up with ideas and it's that's the beauty of, of programmability of course we're still really really early yes you know, yeah. we have on the autonomous side we have time right now we have um you know uh ETH balances we have bitcoin balances we, the prices rather and we're trying to add more data feeds and seeing like what oracles we can plug in um but you know it's happening so fast and i think sooner rather than later we'll have more and more data feeds that we can exploit to be able to really trustlessly update art and music based on things that you know you would normally be able to, to use as yeah. artistic mediums it's, it's a new medium it's not just a you know think about the ways that artists could create things if they knew that the things they create could be affected by all sorts of other things that changes yeah. the way that you you think about making your art not just that what the art looks like right so we mm. talk about portraits now but maybe like a great conceptual artist could think about utilizing time as a medium or the stock price or the weather is a medium that could be artistically extremely interesting, mm. right? Maybe it feeds into the concept in some way that we haven't thought about yet. Um, yeah, yeah. Like um, it's a simple, simple um, example of that is like the yeah your mood. I mean, we already got it like the mood of lights and when you when you enter the room and so on. So if it is like snowing outside, then it reflects that mm. on on the image. 
Yeah. And so yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, maybe you've you got a picture of yourself, and if it's snowing outside, then you've got a scarf on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and then um yeah and so one of his high side you got your beat shorts on so um yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that i think that would be cool man yeah there's so many different and again for music as well right where it's not just yeah. so obvious but still you could have you know if it's raining maybe it's not raining in the song but maybe like it, uh, it changes the, the drum slightly or yeah 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 and if an event happens or you know whatever it could be there's so you can think about anything and it could really artists can now use this and music can now use this as a means to create completely new kinds of art that's what excites me about this space so much. Yeah. Okay. So I remember you, you touched on the morals, the the the, the, image, the photo frames mm. um, that you you guys offer. Like, uh, just tell me a bit about that. Um, so uh, yeah, Mural is a is a company that um, makes this amazing, um, really like real looking uh, canvases that are of course screens, but they look like real canvas, look like paper, and they're like extremely high definition. Mm-hmm. So we have a partnership with them where you know they take data. Um, from from blockchain and the renderer and update these paintings in in, in real time. So okay. you have you know and in, in, into from our Asian gallery. So you have like you know um, you can display on it like a piece that's autonomous or a piece that's layer change. And when there's a layer change or autonomous change, when the hours change, it changes on your wall as well, right? And it's okay. like a very early iteration of what we see programmable NFTs being like, which is more offerings, right? The more ways to explore them, experience them, and 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 showcase them then the better they are right and mm-hmm. you don't have to own the nft currently to be able to display it you can display any nft from the gallery okay uh, which is, i think quite cool and of course we're thinking about the balance there but you know that's that's one of the of our partnerships that we're really happy about and and these things look really cool and just you know again seeing things change in real time on your wallet yeah. from the blockchain is kind of a it's kind of a really cool thing with the guys that own the layers do i mean i didn't actually with the guys that own the layers do they put the work up on the wall so if you just own the background it's, it's a yellow background then you can change that do they put it up on the wall or do they just own the layers for the simple fact they can change it uh, so well i think that i know that there are some um i know there are some collectors who own layers who also own murals who also display the work on the murals and they change them oh that's out. okay all yeah, right have like two twitter people um that yeah. i've seen be like oh look i just changed the layer and changed on my wall it's really cool uh, but others yeah. just own the layers and you know change them and they just you know watch them on on, on the screen and stuff but uh yeah, I guess you could display the layer, just the background by itself. You could see that some of these, some of the layers are art pieces by themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, in the Rubble connection, uh, there's a piece called Rubble um, by Xcopy on our platform where it's uh, 36 different faces on a big screen, right? And they, you know, they, they change or they, they you can remove them if you want the layer, etc. And, well, they're, first of all, they're gonna, a couple of them are going to be in a Sotheby's auction soon. And also, what's really cool is that people are using them as profile pictures in themselves, just the layers. Because like they have the small heads and they look yeah. like so you can see like a few people on Twitter, for example, who use these layers as PFPs, and also they can use them to change other things. So that's okay. again the evolution, right? Like the PFP craze we've seen now. How about if you have that, but you can also use it to do things with it, right? Mm. Like change something else, for example. So that's what we that's what we're we're thinking about as well. Okay, so just to kind of round it off, where do, I always like to hear you you working obviously the the music side of things, but Overall, with NFT technology happening and all these, it's disrupting all these industries. Where do you see things in, say, the next ten years? I want you to talk me through a day of how that looks to you. So you wake up in the morning to what's happening from whether it's music to <laughs> okay. or, or you're going to, to the metaverse or so on. Like, where do you see? Just a okay. short overview. Okay, okay. Let's 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 try this. Okay, so you wake up in the morning. Uh, maybe. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's make it a bit extreme, right? Yeah, extreme goal stream with bus. We've had I've had all sorts, man. <laughs> okay. Maybe the uh, the alarm clock that wakes you up is a one of one song by your favorite artist that you own that you minted, right? At some point in programmable fashion, right? So that was picked you up. Almost a personalized unique song that also um entitles you to royalty uh streams from the artist catalog because you invest early on instead of the artist selling the record the, the the rights to a label um for a tiny amount and giving away all the right forever maybe they kept 50 percent and gave uh their their early funds 20 percent at a fair auction as a seed run essentially so you you were early there this art is now massive right so you're entitled to some share of the revenue with them while they maintain the majority so that's what happens when you wake up you wake up and you see that as an early investor in this in this musician you have this beautiful relationship and you and you got an underlying uh claim to some royalties from from them from a strong being streamed in a centralized manner a programmable song being changed and streamed in a centralized manner <laughs> and that's just uh, 10 a.m right yeah <laughs> and i don't know what happens afterwards but that's 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 the part that i'm working on you know, <laughs> yeah. helping bring to reality i guess it's like <laughs> For me, it's really is about the relationship of, of the artist to their audience and the relationship yeah. to their fans, which has been disrupted, I think, and arbitrarily siloed off by by music labels, which really have exploited both the musicians and the fans, if mm. you think about it, right? Yeah. Um, which isn't which I don't think is great. And if you break that down and you allow for more free-flowing interaction, financial and otherwise, between a fan and, and their favorite artist and the other way around, you really are opening up the door. To so many different both products and artistic experiences and also just like i think less money going to the middleman right i mean of mm. course that's always the promise of of, of 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 crypto but in this case i think we might be able to achieve it if, yeah. if we really think about it and, and, th and really carefully think about the ethos behind these things as well right not fall into easy traps um yeah 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 well for the record what you just said, it's, I know that, I know companies, and you, the only reason why you said it, because you know companies are already doing it, but I know that, for example, the royalty side of it, of owning the catalogue, ban royalty do that already. Mm -hmm. So they give you access, you can tap, you can buy into a catalogue and receive royalties through streams and whatnot. And then for the investing in the artists at the early stage, on a DeFi side of it, I think it's, uh, I think they're called Opulus, Opulus. Mm. They yeah, yeah, yeah. told, told it. yeah, they're already doing that, aren't they? To a sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, uh, Royal, Royal as well, which is not hasn't launched yet. The the, the Blau slash okay. Paradigm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, they're they're doing that as well. There's a lot of you know, and eventually I see that side coming together with the NFT side, right? And yes, like, of course. Being, yeah. Maybe be one asset or or combination or you know, be more than just uh, it. Everything would be like melding together in a way. In a, and you wouldn't even know maybe that there's a blockchain behind all of it, right? You don't yeah. necessarily have to interact with it. It's just as long as it's there and it's really um really strong and, and stable right like it, 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 it's not sort of like some chain that doesn't work very well then you don't have to know it's a chain on the fine mm. like we are early so we kind of like really understand the technicality behind it but eventually these things are just going to be the way the world is right okay one more yeah. question just just to squeeze a little bit more out of you is um so what's your thoughts on DAOs? DAOs, i think are well i mean they're i think they're the next step right in in mm. in the in the evolution of this of this space um you know again it's like i i think DAOs are now where nfts were in like february march 2020 right i think we're okay. that where like people are like well this is really cool and you can do some things with it but we don't know we haven't seen exactly what their power is and how um the mainstream will be interacting with them right yeah uh, i have I, I actually i have a i have some really um optimistic views on DAOs and some slightly pessimistic views as well on DAOs that okay. i think 
are interesting. So the optimistic view, obviously, is that you know you have a non-hierarchical uh, way of coordination, right? Maybe it's cultural coordination, maybe it's financial coordination. On the cultural side, again, you could have fans who maybe don't have, you know, thousands of pounds to spend on, on music NFTs or music royalty NFTs. You can just like pitch in with a little bit and really participate democratically, especially yeah. if there's quadratic voting involved and it's not just like a whale can just steer the whole thing. If it's really yeah, yeah. properly done, they can really participate in a relationship with, with a musician where they're actively helping and guiding other members into like a, a really beautiful future. I think that's way better than a record label, which again is hierarchical top down. So that's the optimistic view. Now the pessimistic view that I have is, you know, once it's once you create an organization that's so, if especially at scale, if it's really large, that's so um, remote from each other and the products that they have, you could really imagine some DAOs maybe pumping and dumping artists, right? Like they could, like, if they're really big, you could they could like buy the token, for mm -hmm. example, and then you know, and then just do the usual pump and dump things where they just like you know, they, pump, they pump it all up and then they just dump it and it goes to zero. Yeah. Maybe like emerging artists they can create that organic hype and then like sell off at the top and then you know run with the money. But in this case, it's not a token that you that you dump to zero. It's like a real person, right, yeah. with a career behind them who's trying to make something work and they maybe have beautiful music coming out. But because they were in some way or other profitable, uh, in that sense. You know, you could see the same thing happening now that we see with with market manipulation, but with people and creativity. And I think that's something that we need to worry about now, not wait until it happens. Valid right? point. That's a valid point. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really even consider that. But yeah, like yeah, it's it always when we have too much control, when people have too much control, it gives people an option to do. It's, it, it depends on their intentions, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, and we hope that people have good intentions, but we. Mm. We know that's not always the case. Yeah, yeah, and if it's like maybe maybe it's not even people running, maybe it's like bots running the DAO, right? Maybe it's like our bots. Like currently, you see on Uniswap, you have all these bots doing like uh, you know MEV and like they are being you know asset to asset to make sure that the price stays properly, and then mm -hmm. they do like all sorts of things not automatically. No one like is tracking them. And it's mm -hmm. not mean there who's dumping on people. Uh, if that's if the whole DAO is in itself sort of like automated in some way and it's running on algorithms, then it could just be dumping and pumping people in a mm -hmm. real way. That affects their livelihoods um, and their and their create creativity in a way that I think would be really destructive actually to them. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something we need to think about. Is like, of course, the middleman is, is 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 bad, and I'm so happy about this technology. But if it goes too far and we don't think about the implications it could have once scaled and once financialization is like everywhere, then we could end up in in a world where you know where that freedom turns into into um, you know oppression. Or, yeah. Uh, sort of like the destruction of, of possibilities. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, this, this is this is the reason why we have these conversations because you know it's not all blue skies and positivity. Yeah. We yeah, and it's yeah. not we're not trying to be negative, but it's also you need to if we we want to build this, we want it to be what it's, it can be. We have to have these conversations and talk about what can go wrong so we can kind of prevent that yeah, <laughs> before well, it exactly, goes wrong. Yeah, exactly yeah. because we believe yeah. in, in the system that is, is, is why we have, like, I, you know, I work, I work full time in the spaces. Mm -hmm. I'm not like, I don't, you know, dislike it. It's just, we have to be mindful of where it could go wrong to be able to get it right. And that thing is extremely important, especially on these things that we haven't yet happened, like cultural uh, and, and musical questions around DAOs, for example. This is not something that that's, it's now just starting to take off and we need to think very seriously about the implications of it. Mm. All right. Well, this that's a nice way to end it on that note, just giving you your two uh, your insights on the positive and the negative sides mm -hmm. of DAOs. 
But I mean, I've enjoyed speaking to you about everything in regards to dynamic MTs and what you guys are doing. Um, I think it's been a really interesting conversation. I hope you've enjoyed it too. Um, oh yeah, thank you so much. It was great. Really, really fun. Yeah. <laughs> Where can people find yourself or obviously find links to Async uh, Art? So, so um, Async is on async.art and mm-hmm. the Async Music is async.art slash music. Yeah, uh, you can see the gallery there. You can build on pieces. You can like have a listen to. Of course, all the music is like freely available to listen to by anyone, so you don't have to own anything to listen to it. Or you can then purchase a limited editions or bid on 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 um, on the music and the art pieces. And I am uh, I just started my Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's not very you know I'm not posting a lot yet, but it's uh, Achilles forty. So A C H I double L E A S four zero. Okay, well, I'm going to give you uh, give you a follow, definitely. <laughs> we can Thank keep you. connected. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on and, and sharing the gems. And uh, hopefully we can get you guys at a later stage. You always like to catch up on what you guys are doing and just seeing what you've took to the next level. Because I'm sure in the next month or towards next uh, next year, you're going to be doing a lot of things uh, as you're growing rapidly. Um, so, I really thank- so. <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. Right, thanks everyone for watching. Everyone stay listening. Take care.